We'll turn to Matthew chapter 6 and Deuteronomy 15. All right? If you're new here, we always like to turn to at least two passages of Scripture, uh, and we'll start in one and we'll end up at the other one a little later on. So Matthew 6 is where we'll start, and then we're going to end up at Deuteronomy 15. And if you put a, a marker or something there, then we'll be able to flip over there quickly in a little while. We are talking about our one life and how our one life matters and counts. I just want to encourage you also to keep doing the one life devotional. If you have gotten behind or you got out of the habit or quit for a few days, um, don't let that discourage you from starting back. A lot of times when we're spending time with God every day and then we get busy and we miss a few days, it's like the devil says to us, you know, don't go back because he'll ask you where you were, you know. Uh, well, he just wants to see you and wants to spend time with you. So please spend time with the Lord every morning. Uh, today I'm going to talk about one heart and how our heart can be changed by doing something with our finances. During the One Life series, we've been talking about giving our time to God, uh, like in the first of the morning, a devotional time, uh, our prayer life, spending time in the Word, giving our time to God, giving our talent to God. Each of us has a gift, has an ability that God gave us to use for the kingdom, and giving our treasure to God. So that's what we're... Is that thunder? Uh, you probably didn't hear it. I was, I'm closer to the ceiling than you are. Um, <clears throat> just, isn't it great to have rain again? Thank you, Lord. So anyway, and I think that's also a God uh, amening my message, you know, because he's excited about it too. So we're talking about giving our treasure to God. And we're talking about God being able to do something in our heart. Well, I'm going to share with you that there is something you can actually do with your money that changes your heart. In other words, have you ever been at a place in your life where you knew your heart was getting cold or your heart was getting hard? Well, you can do something with your money that changes your heart. Now, a few years ago, I wrote the book, The Blessed Life, simply on giving. I'm going to follow that up probably next year with a book on stewardship, because there's two things you do to be blessed by God financially. One is giving, one is stewardship. A lot of people uh, wrote me letters after the, the blessed life and said, you know, I'm tithing and I still have credit card debt. And I, I was thinking, well, that's not even the same. You know, you have to learn to steward your finances as well. So I'll, that'll probably follow it up. But I get a lot of letters from the blessed life, 999 are positive, their life's changed. I just heard a testimony last night about a pastor totally changed his life and totally changed his church because it changes your heart when you learn to give. Every now and then, though, I get um, a critical letter, you know. <laughs> I've gotten over, you know, how critical they are because they've actually kind of become funny to me. And I thought I would read you one. Everyone always takes offense at tithing. Now, you know, they don't mind you talking about giving. It's just tithing that they get mad about. Um, and tithing is like the training wheels of giving to me. You know, it just kind of gets you started in, in the right direction. But I, I'm going to read you a letter here, and don't, don't get offended for me, okay? I'm okay with it, but it's really bad, all right? So just, it's, it's, it's actually so bad it's funny. So just, here, here you go. Dearest teacher of the gospel. Might kind of let me know right there, you know, what I'm in for. I read what you said about tithing, and here are my comments. 
Adding to the gospel of Christ comes from the devil and you know it. All the blessings I receive are free in Christ and are not received by paying 10% to Satan. May God rebuke you. Stop perverting the gospel of Christ. If you want to... (laughs) If you want to imitate Abraham who tithed, I will be glad to circumcise you myself. (laughs) Whew! It's amazing how people get mad about this. (laughs) I will also expect you to imitate him in the offering sacrifices, the ram and the blood, and don't forget your firstborn, you hypocrite. I do love you. (laughs) I'm glad he said that. (laughs) I mean, what would he have said if he didn't love me, you know? I pray that the demon would depart from your wicked teachings. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's signed, Brady Boyd. No, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just kidding. Well, are there, are there some things you can do with your finances to change your heart? Actually... In other words, can you do something? That, let me just tell you something, and I'll share with you at the end of the service. I promise you, the, the quickest way you can have a work in your heart is to do some things with your finances. Because you'll see in a minute there's a scripture on that, all right? So let me give you two things you can do to change your heart. Number one, with your finances, two things you can do. Number one, move your treasure. Move your treasure, and that will change your heart. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but don't, don't answer it out loud. I would have answered the question incorrectly before about two weeks ago when I saw this scripture in this life. And I've, I've known this scripture a lot. I've quoted this scripture. I memorized it years ago. But I would have answered it differently. Here's the question. Does God want you to store up treasure? Listen to me. I would have said no just a few weeks ago. The answer is actually yes. God wants you to store up treasure. According to this verse. Here's what it says. Don't store up treasure where you could lose it, where moth and rust could destroy it, and where thieves could break it and steal it. This is Jesus talking. Do not store up treasure where you could lose it. That's what he's saying. But then he goes on to say this. But store up treasure in heaven. So, let me ask you this, and now you can answer. Does Jesus want you to store up treasure? Yes, he does. He just wants you to store it up in the safe place. He doesn't want you to lose it. And everything you store up on this earth, listen to me carefully, everything you store up on this earth, you're going to leave. Every bit of it. You cannot take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Let me say that again. (laughs) You cannot take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. I heard about a guy years ago that wanted to be buried in his Cadillac. Think about that. 
And so they got a big crane out there, and they're lowering him down in the grave, and they got him propped up, you know, behind the wheel. He's dead as a doorknob, and they're burying him in his Cadillac. Two guys are standing there, you know, with shovels, and one guy says to the other guy, how much did he leave? And the other guy says he left it all. That's how much he left. He left the same amount that everyone leaves. And let me just tell you how much you're going to leave when you die. All of it. You leave every bit of it except what you sent on ahead. That's the only thing that you're going to have. And Jesus apparently knows that we need treasure in heaven. Why would we need treasure in heaven? A lot of people think we're just going to sit on clouds, float on clouds, and eat grapes in heaven. It's not what we're going to do. There are cities in heaven. There are responsibilities in heaven. And dependent upon how much responsibility you fulfilled on earth will be how much responsibility you're given in heaven. All you have to do is read some of the parables and the passages that Jesus taught on heaven and hear him saying, dependent upon what you do on this earth will be what you do in heaven. And according to Jesus, you need treasure in heaven. Now, here's my question for you. How much do you have in heaven? How much treasure do you have in heaven? Do you have more treasure on earth than you've already sent ahead into heaven? Do you have treasure in heaven? You cannot take it with you. But you can send it on ahead. And the Lord wants us to send our treasure ahead. Here's some questions. According to this passage, what does God want you to send ahead? Tell me, what does he want you to send ahead? What does he want you to store up? Treasure. All right. And where does he want you to store it up? Heaven. Here's another question. You might not have picked it up. Why does he want you to store it up? Here's what he said. Store up treasure for yourselves. For yourselves in heaven. See, some of us wonder, well, why would God want us to, you know, send treasure up into heaven? Well, it could be because, you know, he uh, paved the streets with gold and he should have used silver and he's run out now and he needs some help. He's behind budget, you know. No, it's for it's not for God that we're sending in ahead. It's for us. It is for the responsibilities that we're going to have. So you cannot take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And let me tell you what will happen when you do that. Your heart will be in the kingdom of God. If you want your heart to be in the church, you put your treasure there. Wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Most people quote this scripture backwards. I've heard it quoted backwards. You know, the Bible says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. It's not what Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Your heart follows your treasure. Someone can talk about Microsoft, and you don't care a thing in the world about Microsoft until you buy stock in Microsoft. And all of a sudden, you hear something on Fox News, and you say, wait, wait, be quiet, be quiet, turn that up, turn that up. And you know why? Because you're an owner now of Microsoft. You're a share owner, and you, you will know what they say about Microsoft. Did you hear what they said about Microsoft? Get the newspaper, see what they said about Microsoft. You care now because your heart's there. Okay, listen to me. You start putting your treasure in the kingdom, and your heart will be there also. So that's the first thing you can do to have God do a work in your heart is move your treasure. Here's the second thing you can do. Open your hand. Open your hand. Now, look at Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren... Within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart 
nor shut your hand. Notice how the heart and the hand are together in this verse from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need when whatever he needs. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, oh, this is the seventh year. Remember the seventh year, all debts were canceled. The year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you. Watch this. And it becomes sin among you. Not taking care of the poor is sin. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. Now, here's what this tells us. The hardening of your heart is directly related to the closing of your hand. The hardening of your heart is directly related to the closing of your hand. Let me say it another way. The softening of your heart is directly related to the opening of your hand. When you see someone in need and you can help and you can meet that need, meet the need. Give to people. Help people. If you're at a place in your life, and I've been there before, where I can tell my heart is getting hard, my heart's getting cold. Maybe I see a ministry that, that feeds children who, who are starving, and it doesn't move me. It doesn't in any way affect me. There's something wrong with my heart at that point. And the way to get my heart back to a place where God can do something in my heart is to help people, to step up and do something. Now, by the way, I understand that you may not be able to give as much as others. I don't want you to feel left out because you can help, you can serve, you can do something. I still believe every person can give something. The Scripture says very clearly, even the widow gave two mites, so everyone can give something. Let me show you another Scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. This is from the Message Bible. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing... What happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. When we help people, our heart can be moved. Our heart can be changed. In the last commitment time that we had, when we were buying the land, we had the time to come down to the baskets and to give the commitment that the Lord has spoken to our heart. And again, it is a very moving time during that time. And someone came up to me in one of the services and gave me a $100 bill and said, this is for someone. If you, if you see someone who needs this, will you give it to them? And I said, yes, I will. And so in my mind, as I began to pray about it, I felt like I was supposed to give it to a single mother. And I started looking for a single mom that I might recognize that I knew in the church, but I didn't see anyone. So during the time when we were making commitments, people were were um, coming forward to the baskets, and my wife and I had already made our commitment, so we're standing on the front row, and a lady came down, and she didn't go to the basket, but she was looking around. She, I found out later she was looking for one of the pastors to talk to one of the pastors, and I felt like this is the lady. And so I called her over, and I said, can I help you? And she said, I was looking for Pastor so-and-so. I said, I, I don't know where he is right now, but I'll find him for you. But I said, listen, someone gave me something in the last service to give to someone, whomever I felt led, and I feel like it's supposed to be you, and I hand her this $100 bill. She looked down and saw it, and she immediately started weeping. I mean, 
weeping. She turned around immediately for me, put it in the basket, and when she went back to her seat, she was so bent over and overwhelmed. I mean, I just got such joy out of it. I knew God had answered a prayer that she had, but I didn't know what it was. Well, that week I found out. Uh, the pastor she was looking for, she had, uh, about a week before, her father had passed away. And they called the church and didn't even go to this church and wanted to know if a pastor would come do the service. And so one of our pastors went, John, right? Wasn't you? Okay, never mind. <laughs> one of our, I was trying to remember who it was. One of our pastors went and did the, uh, did the service, did the funeral for uh, her family, and ended up her whole family got saved. That weekend was the first service that they were in. They were uh, on a whole row over here. Whole family just became Christians, and here we were giving commitments. She was a single mom, and she had no money at all. She had no cash with her or anything. And she said, God, if you would give me, if I, if, if I had some money... I'd give it. And she said, I don't know how you'd do it, but if you'll give me something, I'll give it. And then she stood there for a minute and she thought, well, maybe I could go talk to the pastor and tell him about my family's in church now and he could meet him after the service. So she came up looking for him. I gave her the money. She turned around and gave it because she prayed. Here was her first prayer she prayed since she got saved. If you'll give me something, I'll give it. And God answered it just like that. I'm telling you, something happened in her heart. Something will happen in your heart, I promise you. If you'll take this seriously and you'll make a commitment to God, God will do something in your heart. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? What are you saying to me? Lord, I pray that you would speak to every one of us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do a work in our hearts and we'll never be the same. I pray, Lord, for every person here who struggles in the area of tithing. I pray, God, for a breakthrough in that area. I pray, Lord, that that person will not feel any condemnation at all. But I pray, Lord, that you'll bring a breakthrough and help that person financially. And, Lord, I ask you to do a work in our hearts. Lord, we commit to you to move our treasure to the kingdom put our treasure in the kingdom and open our hand to the poor. In Jesus' name, amen.